0: This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chris Meyer. Viewpoint is a one hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now, with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chris Meyer.
1: Is it time yet? Is it time for Jesus to come back? That's the question before us here on Viewpoint today. Introduced by my friend Joseph Farah, who is the founder, head leader, and survivor of world Net Daily, the first major Christian internet news organization in the world, struggling greatly to stay aboard because the world doesn't like him and what he is doing. I thank God for Joseph Farah and particularly his survival of a massive stroke that hit him several years ago. And he told me this afternoon he is still in the process of recovering. But he is writing. He is still doing God's work. And today he is warning in a piece that came out on World Net Daily, asking the question, is it time, is it about time for Jesus to come back? Some might answer, The question, well, it's about time. Well, whether you think it's about time or not depends on your viewpoint. And indeed, viewpoint determines destiny. Today on Viewpoint, though, we're going to lay out a whole series of articles. I must have at least a dozen of them, maybe more. And I've edited out many because there's just not time to talk about all of them. But as we review these articles from all over the world, we're going to discover that indeed you have to be blind in one eye and refuse to see out of the other to conclude that it's not time for Jesus to come back. Now, whether or not he thinks it's time, that is, whether or not the father thinks it's time to send back his son, is up to him. But he gave us clues. He gave us things that we should understand. And as Joseph Farah says... Joseph told us, or Jesus told us that no one knows the day or hour that he will return. That's a given. But he does give us a framework that tells us a lot. Those closest to the Lord during his ministry asked him what it would be like and when. Tell us. They said, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? They asked. He said unto them in another place, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in His own power. But then again, He also made clear the season of His coming, the characteristics of the season of His coming. We're familiar with the book of Matthew, chapter 24, called the Olivet Discourse. It's Jesus' longest discourse in the Bible except for the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 24, we're familiar with the words that Jesus said, For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in many places. All these are the beginning of sorrows, and then they will deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake, and then shall many be offended." And shall betray one another, and shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come." Well, indeed, we were told, my wife and I, as we visited one of the premier uh, Bible translating organizations in the world, Wycliffe Bible Translators, about 10 years ago as we were on our way back from Orlando, Florida, they told us that at that time they were nearing the completion of the translating of the scriptures into almost every single language and dialect in the world. They said there are a few remaining ones that we're looking at, and they said because of computer strength, the increase of computer power, it has accelerated their ability to translate the scriptures into every language, every dialect on the planet. They have to be very, very close and it's possible that from God's viewpoint, it's already happened. We're right there on the brink of fulfilling that prophecy and requirement. But the Bible says iniquity will abound, and the love of many shall wax cold. What does that look like? What does iniquity look like? What does the love of many waxing cold actually look like? From God's point of view. Which is the only point of view, by the way, that really matters. We know that lawlessness is one of the characteristics. God wants us to follow his laws. We want to follow our own. We want to make up our own alternatives because we don't quite like the ones that God gave us. That's why the Ten Commands were taken off the schoolhouse wall and off the courthouse walls, and off of many church walls, starting in 1982 with the Supreme Court edict. So, on the other hand, we live in a time when many people believe we're close to seeing Jesus coming back. How close? Well, let's look at it this way. If you had read my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, that just came out in August, you would know that in Israel, for instance, going back about 20 years, there were only about maybe 16 to 20% of the people in Israel that were actually expecting the return of Messiah. Now, that percentage has increased almost to 70%. What's accounting for that? And what's accounting for the fact that there is a growing messianic expectation of some sort all over the world? That's right, all over the world. Now, they're not always looking for Yeshua or Jesus as Messiah. They may be looking for other alternative messiahs. And if you had read my book, Messiah, you would understand the incredible deception that is taking place In order to redefine the meaning of Messiah, the expectations of a Messiah, in order to avert the judgment of the Messiah. Because the Bible does say that when Jesus returns, he's not coming to save us from our sin, as he did at his first coming, but he's coming to judge the world in and for its sin. That presents us with a problem. How does our world look today in the eyes of God? God the Father, would he consider at this time that things are so accomplished, so fulfilled, that indeed nothing really remains, not much really remains, but for the second coming of Jesus Christ? Now we know, of course, that there's going to be a great falling away. That's something that has remained. The Apostle Paul talked about that, that before the appearance and recognition of the Antichrist, there would be a great falling away. Falling away from what? Falling away from the place of belief that they once stood. Have we seen that yet? Certainly we are seeing it. But have we seen the fulfillment of it yet? Well, that remains to be seen, doesn't it? You stay tuned, friends, and you're going to hear... Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Today we're following an article that came out by Joseph Farah uh, today on WorldNet Daily. I mention WorldNet Daily because I want to con- encourage you to support it because it is fulfilling a real great need in our world concerning the information needed for transformation here on this program, we can take that information, gleaned from World Net Daily, gleaned from a variety of other sources that I go to every single day, and then we apply those using the Word of God, blending them together in such a way that it becomes an incontrovertible truth that we have to deal with. You can't dance around it anymore. You just have to deal with it. So... The question was asked, is it about time for Jesus to come back? Well, about time could mean a day. It could mean a year. It could mean five years. It could mean 12 years. It could mean a generation. It could mean a thousand years, couldn't it? Because the Bible says a thousand years with the Lord, uh, with God, is as a day. But... In reality, most believers, most scholars believe that we are already on the verge of the completion of the sixth days of creation via 6,000 years, and we are preparing to enter the millennium 1,000-year period to complete a total of seven days. Hmm. How far away are we? Well, it depends on how you look at it again. If you look at the standard Jewish calendar, they would tell you that you're about 225, 230 years away. On the other hand, there are those who are experts in looking at Jewish history that discover that indeed the rabbis distorted the calendar eons ago and that therefore we are much, much closer than that period of time. Maybe we're 40, 50, 60 years away. Are we really that far away? Well, today we're going to take a look at a whole series of, uh, you should say, pieces of the puzzle. Pieces of the puzzle that will help us in our minds, in our hearts, to deal with that question. Is it about time for Jesus to come back? Let's start with this one. Klaus Schwab at the G20 summit last week, called for deep systemic restructuring of our world. He said, what we have to confront is a deep systemic and structural restructuring of our world. This will take some time, and the world will look differently after we have gone through the transition process. But he said, now is the time for a great reset, which is a euphemism for A new, completely transformed world, a new world order, and a global government. Now, when he says that it's going to take some time and that the world will look differently, how long is some time? Have you noticed the radical changes that have taken place in our world just during the reign of Joseph Biden, who has not even been in office for two years yet? Have you noticed how radical that's been? Have you noticed the whole moral deterioration, the sweeping moral deterioration? Have you looked at the economic deterioration, not just in this country, but around the world? Wars and rumors of wars, yes, we've got those. We've got fear. Men's hearts failing them for fear for the things that are coming upon the earth, just as Jesus said would happen. So what are we yet looking for? We're being told bold-facedly, brashly, that the leaders of our world, those who think that they are the elites who really know what's right, who really know what's good for you and what's good for the planet, are expecting to take over. The Bill Gateses of the world, who are demanding worldwide vaccine, but not just worldwide vaccine for health purposes, worldwide vaccine that also then will incorporate the patent that he filed for just about a year and a half ago with the U.S. Patent Office that would incorporate in a jab, whether you call it a vaccine or not, a jab that would not only deal with physical or biological aspects, but would insert in you the ability for all economic transactions that you would make to be governed by a world-governing source through digital currency. Were you aware of that? If you had read my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, you would have definitely been aware of it. That's why you need to read some of these books, friends. They were written for us, for you, and for our time, so that you and I could be prepared for, indeed, what Joseph Farah asks is, is it time for Jesus to come back? And when he comes back, what's going to happen? He's not going to come back as a suffering servant. He's going to come back as a reigning king. Not only that, he's not going to come back to forgive people for their sins. They've already had that opportunity. He's going to come back to judge the world in and for its sins, and judgment's going to begin not among the pagans, but at the house of God. That's what the Word says. So, don't you think it would be time for us to prepare, to take more seriously than we have, the idea of Jesus returning? In fact, The necessity of Jesus returning. Because if he doesn't return, the whole world is going to come apart. The Bible basically says that. That if he doesn't come back, no flesh would survive. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, how about this title? Cashless society talk goes mainstream in a hurry. Cashless society talk goes mainstream in a hurry. This is not a matter of conspiracy talk. We're on the brink, says this author, of a dramatic change where we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. What is that? Digital. And you'll have an opportunity to trade in your money, your physical money, paper, silver, gold, coins, or whatever, you'll have an opportunity to trade it in for digital money. And when it becomes digital, it will be governed by government. Totally. And government will know how much you spend, how much you have to spend, and what they will allow you to spend it for. And there lies Bill Gates and his little injection idea to where... All of your economic transactions and your ability to have economic transactions will be governed by a little jab. As recently as a year ago, this author says, I'd be labeled a conspiracy theorist. Proclaiming some cabal of banksters, uh, economists, and government leaders is planning a new world order for everyone, along with a government-controlled digital currency, to empower it. But now it's just table talk, and those who are planning it all are only too happy to share their thoughts, so confident are they in how it's going to go down. At the recent 2022 World Government Summit in Dubai, the moderator directly raised the question, are you ready for a new world order? In other words, this was celebratory. celebratory. This was something that they were gleefully announcing, the new world order. We're ready for it. Central bank digital currencies have become something global planners talk about openly. In their world forums, as a fact of the immediate future, not some faraway horizon. They're already being rolled out. The money of the apocalypse is rising in U.S. banks from the ashes of the crypto crisis. Hmm. The crypto crisis? What's that all about? Well, you probably have learned just in the last couple of weeks about a major, major a uh, functionary organization in the cryptocurrency business. Did you know that the cryptocurrency market has lost more than $1.4 trillion in value this year as the industry has been plagued? with problems from failed projects in a liquidity crunch exacerbated by the fail of FTX, once one of the world's largest exchanges. And FTX wasn't the first domino to fall, and it's not going to be the last. It's just the crypto industry that is in enormous trouble. For years, even Tesla, Tesla's stock price rose, going higher and higher, but now Tesla's market value is about $670 billion lower than it was at this time last year. Do you have any idea how much money that is? $670 billion decline is equivalent, according to Business Insider, the magazine, to the market value of Three Disney's, four Nikes, and six Starbucks. And these are all major companies. This is a lot of money, friends. According to the New York Post, U.S. homeowners lost a staggering $1.3 trillion in home equity just in the third quarter of last year. Is this being choreographed? Is this being choreographed, facilitated, by world leaders in order to prepare for what one writer calls the everything collapse to accelerate the crying need for a one-world government? Why are all these things happening at once? Albert Moeller... A theologian and ordained minister who serves as president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary said in an online commentator that a certain idea is going to come back. What idea was he talking about? He said something wicked this way comes. Something wicked this way comes. Remember what Jesus said about uh, uh how things were going to get really, really bad morally and spiritually? It wasn't long ago that an extremist who is also a lawmaker in Virginia, right here with this broadcast emanates, talked about her plans to write a law that would punish parents for their so-called abuse if they did not affirm their child's transgender agenda. The plan from Elizabeth Guzman... A delegate from Prince William County in Virginia was to define as criminal abuse by parents any physical or mental injury on the basis of the child's gender identity or sexual orientation. So Albert Moeller says he's written this article, Christian Parents, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Will Christian parents face criminal charges for resisting the LGBTQ revolution when it comes for their own children? He said our society has lost its mind. Friends, that's another way of saying our society has a reprobate mind. We're unable to think straight. We're unable to conceive anything in the way we were designed to think in a moral way that is in accordance with our creator. We're in absolute, unmitigated, total rebellion against our creator. Albert Muller goes on to say, We did see this coming. By God's design, the family is the most basic unit of civilization, and parents are responsible for the care and instruction of their offspring. So it comes as no surprise that the LGBTQ activists see parents and the natural family as monumental obstacles in their way. If you intend to force a total redefinition of gender and marriage and sexuality and morality, you're going to have to bulldoze over parents. You don't play by the rules of the transgender revolutionaries? Well, fine. See how long you have a job. You dare to exercise your God-given responsibilities and authority as parents? Fine. See how long you have custody of your kids. Are you beginning to get the picture? Not quite yet? Huh. Will you have hardly heard anything yet? Talk about a reprobate mind. Wait till you hear what comes in the second half of this program you're listening to viewpoint friends is it about time for jesus to come back how much longer can the world and civilization survive there
0: is so much more about chuck Meyer and save america ministries on our website saveus.org. for example under the marriage section god has marriage on his mind
1: Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. We're building today's program on a opinion piece in World Net Daily written by its founder, Joseph Farah, asking the question, is it about time for Jesus to come back? Jesus has given many, many identification factors for us to know or have at least understand the season in which he is coming. In which he will likely come. And why does he do that? What's the purpose for Jesus doing that? Is it to instill fear? No. It's to restore perhaps the fear of the Lord, but it's actually to build faith and to keep you from unnecessary fear. But the more you resist understanding what's coming, the more you are going to fear unnecessarily. And that's what God is trying to avoid. That's what Jesus was trying to avoid. He wants you to be ready. That's the reason why he gave a number of different parables, all of which, or many of which, were designed to encourage people to help them understand they need to be ready. So, my question for you right now is, are you ready? Now, don't answer too quickly. Don't give me that song and dance about how 30, 40 years ago you were at a Billy Graham rally and you raised your hand or you signed a card uh, or you walked forward or whatever. That's well and good. But how have you been living since then? Is your life pleasing to God? Don't answer too quickly. Because Jesus himself said, straight is the gate, And narrow is the way, and precious few there will be that find it. He says, not everybody who says unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to inherit the kingdom of God. Only those, he said, who do the will of my Father. Now, what does it mean to do the will of his Father? It means to obey him. It means to do his will, to obey him. So, Jesus himself came as the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth, To do the will of the Father. In fact, Jesus himself testified, my will is to do his will. Now, if his will was to do the Father's will, and he turned around and said, before he ascended back to the Father, now, as the Father sent me, even so send I you, guess what he implied? He was saying, your will now, if you're going to be a true follower of me, my disciple, your will is going to be to do the will of the Father just like mine was. Isn't this interesting? So you say, well, how do I prepare the way of the Lord in my life? You get your life in order according to God's requirements, the Father's requirements, just like Jesus did. Did you know that the Bible says that Jesus had to make a quick learn of the fear of the Lord? That's right, Jesus. Because he was born as a man, had to make a quick learning of the fear of the Lord. That's why the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. That's where we start. That's why I wrote the book, The Secret of the Lord. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and to them and them only will he reveal or manifest his covenant. It's right there on our website, The Secret of the Lord. $15 will put that $20 book in your hands. The Secret of the Lord. It's foundational to everything. Everything. And we've lost the fear of the Lord in the land and across the world. Well, how would we know that? Well, here's one way we would know it. I'm looking right now at a picture, a picture of young people taken from a movie that Disney now has come out with or is coming out with the company's. Agenda appears to not only include condemning traditional marriage beliefs, but promoting Satan. Yes, you heard it correctly. The promotion appears in a new series called The Santa Clauses, a series on Disney Plus that reboots the earlier Santa Claus feature films by Tim Allen. Defenders of the series claim the scene where children are holding the letters which spell out, we love you, Satan is supposed to say, we love you, Santa. And it's just one of the many comedy scenes in the movies, but parents aren't laughing about it. And you shouldn't be either. Kids holding up with smiles on their faces, big letters spelling out, we love you, Satan. So Disney isn't even hiding their agenda anymore. They're promoting Satanism, it appears, preparing you and your children. Yet I went to the original Disneyland the very month that it opened in Southern California. Yes, that dates me, that's true. But when I was 10 years old, my uncle took me there to the opening of Disneyland. The Mickey Mouse Club ain't no more, friends. There is nothing wholesome anymore. This is part of the dramatic, dramatic change in our culture, and Disney is a global company. It's all over the world. A famous Christian university is going to publish an amazing book. I'm going to tell you about it in just a moment. But I want to make available to you not only the book, The Secret of the Lord, talking about restoring the fear of the Lord in your life and what that means, but the book Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter, and I might say the soon coming imposter. Because all these things that we're laying out here today reveal the spirit of Antichrist right now, right in front of your eyes. All we're waiting for is the right person to incarnate all of this spirit in a time when the world says, I give up, come save me, and receive a counterfeit figure, a counterfeit Christ to put their trust in and receive his mark. Antichrist. How to identify the coming imposter? $22 $22 on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. The next book, Messiah, that's my most recent book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. It also is $22 and will reveal now the unbelievable pursuits of some form of Messiah all over the world. When you read that book, you will be shocked. And you'll have to make a decision. Oh, you'll, you'll have to make a decision. You Just like somebody said, you can't listen to Viewpoint long and not be changed. You will have to make decisions as you read that book. Because it's about transformation. Oh, it's filled with information, no question about that. But ultimately, it's about transformation. It's also a book that would be a fantastic book to present to a Jewish friend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's $22 right there on our website, saveus.org. Now, if you get two books together, it'll only be $7 postage and handling for the two books. If you get three books, it'll be another $2. That would be $9 postage and handling for the three books. In other words, the more you get, the less the ultimate expenditure for postage and handling. We try to make it as simple as possible and as reasonable as possible, even as postage has gone up and up and up and up. And now we go to the famous so-called Christian university called Duke University, preparing to publish a book describing the faggotology, faggotology in the black latinx Caribbean. That's from the Duke University Press. They released an introduction yesterday to the book called Circuits of the Sacred, a faggotology in the Black Latinx Caribbean. In the book, the author aims to define faggotology as, quote, the erotic in the divine as found in the disreputable and the excessive. The book describes radical feminism and the queer of color thinking. Really. Fagatology Presented as divine. Coming from Duke University. You know anything about Duke University? Is it now broadcasting the spirit of Antichrist? It would sure seem like it, wouldn't it? And yet... Duke University was founded, what, as a Methodist organization? Hmm. Duke Chapel at Duke University in Durham, North Carolina? Look what's coming from these organizations. Then we have in Wisconsin. Wisconsin Children's Hospital, hiring trans activists as chaplains. The premier children's hospital in Wisconsin, now hiring trans activists as chaplains and so-called spiritual care interns. Meet your new chaplain, Kate Newendorp. She, he, transgender, says, love Jesus, be gay, get ordained. Should I repeat that? Here's what Neuendorp says. Wrote on Facebook in June, with pictures of herself wearing rainbow garb, love Jesus, be gay, get ordained. And says, what better way to celebrate pride than being ordained? Many thanks to my church, she says, for being willing to stand for queer folks being included in ministry and for allowing me to follow God's call do you detect not only perversion but blasphemy here and that's in the heartland of America hmm no wonder Vladimir Putin says we're decadent
0: But the same can be found right now. Go to SaveUs.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's SaveUs.org. Click Sell Church.
1: It's always a great pleasure to come before you daily to talk about the things that matter most. The things that matter most. How would we know what things matter most? The things that Jesus talks about. The thing that the Father talks about. From Genesis to Revelation. That's how we would know. There are other things that matter to us. Living on terra firma in our various countries and cities and so on. But ultimately, there are things that rise above those things. From God's viewpoint. There are things that not only affect the economy from week to week and month to month, but the things that affect the world at the end of the age. Are we there yet? Kids, every mom, every dad, grandparents, they understand this term, this phrase. You take the kids on a trip, you're going somewhere, and the next thing you know, they're asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? It's kind of humorous because you've just barely started. Are we there yet? They have no frame of reference for a 100-mile trip or 200 or 400. They just have no frame of reference. They don't know how to relate to it. Well, when Joseph Farah of World Net Daily wrote the piece in uh, his column today, is it about time for Jesus to come back? What he's really doing is insinuating in your mind and mine, are we there yet? We're like kids. We're called the children of God, and there's a good reason for that, because we act like it. We act like children. Sometimes we act like rebellious children. Oftentimes, more often than not. And that's why we need to repent. That's why we need to come clean before God every single day. Sometimes, many times a day. And if we'll confess our sin without excuse, he's faithful and just to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we say we haven't sinned, we make him a liar, and his word isn't in us. You see? So this is a lifestyle. This is a life that we're living. It's not some sort of uh, transaction that you conducted uh, back 30, 40 years ago by saying, uh yes, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, something like that. No. It's about how you live. That's why Jesus said, not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to inherit the kingdom of God. Only those who do the will of my Father. In other words, only those who obey his voice. And the word obey has fallen on such hard Times that even in the church, it has now become the most hated word. Yeah, the most hated word. And in many corners of the so called church today, people are even gaslighted for calling for obedience. As if somehow that's antagonistic to a loving God. Oh, it's amazing what we've come to. So is it about time for Jesus to come back? Now, we were talking about Disney. And uh, we have known that Disney was going woke. Now, Disney fired their previous CEO and rehired Bob Iger who has now pledged to double down on LGBT storytelling in the company's animated kids' movies. When did he say that? Yesterday, in a town hall with employees, according to the New York Times. So, where does that leave us then? Another article came out, U.S. plunges into intolerance. For those not promoting the LGBT ideology. If mere tolerance is bigotry and embracing whatever lifestyle someone else chooses is the only way to love them, then any group with beliefs short of supporting the whole LGBTQIA plus agenda is unacceptable. If this trend continues, we risk having socially unacceptable, excuse me, socially acceptable opinions beaten into us by a tyrannical and narrow-minded culture. But it won't be the religious right. It will be the new religion of embracing and loving and accepting. Now, I want to share with you something that I wrote in, I believe it was uh, Antichrist, but uh, very likely Messiah. How would we know? Is is Satan going to be loving? Is the Antichrist going to be loving? If he's going to emulate Christ, is he not going to appear to be loving? Indeed he is. Now this may sound strange to you, given your previous visions, visualizations of what the Antichrist would be like. Oh, he's going to appear loving. Indeed he is. And anybody who disagrees with his view of what it means to be loving will be deemed unloving, hateful, and bigoted, and not worthy to live on the planet. Did you hear me? This is how it's going. They'll be gaslighted into, shall we say, eternal cultural damnation. Mm -hmm. Eternal cultural damnation. You don't deserve to live. You're an enemy of world peace. You are not a lover of people. You are hateful. Isn't that what we're being told? So if you don't jump on board, you are the hater. Now, what is it you have to agree to? Here's the next one. Now they claim more than 130 gender options. 130. It's not just LGBTQ. 130. There are more than 130 gender, sexual orientation, and pronoun options listed on the San Francisco's Guaranteed Income for Transgender People program application. Talk about confusing. In other words, you have to agree to everything that anybody wants to think or believe. The only thing you can't do is agree with what God says about it. When you do that, you are instantly a hater. Now, can you understand how, indeed, then, the Antichrist is going to choreograph the majority of the world into purportedly this loving, peaceful, tolerant society by getting rid of everybody who resists. That's how. In fact, the New Age religionists have come out and put it in writing. And you'll find that in my book, Messiah. Oh, it is shocking. You'll be selected out of society, not just out of society, but out of the world, because you will be destroying the salvation of the Antichrist, who is the representation of the cosmic Christ the cosmic spirit, the new age Messiah, and if you believe in Jesus Yeshua as the Messiah, full of grace and truth, who is the only way to the Father, full of grace and and truth and peace, then you, by definition, are not part of the new peaceful salvation of the world. You must be selected out. That's a euphemism for lose your life. Are you beginning to understand now how Revelation thirteen and fourteen talking about the mark of the beast being so dangerous? It's a pledge. It's a pledge to a worship of the of Satan and his antichrist spirit. And that's why it is one sin that you cannot repent of. If you once receive that mark, it's all over. That's why it's so important to prepare. That's why it's so important to be strong of the Lord and the power of his might, friends. And what do you make of it when a woke Irish parliament installs tampon machines in men's bathroom, even in Ireland's parliament building? They're defending the decision, praising it as an opportunity to allow transgender people to get to get tampons. Really, one journalist tweeted in response to the move: "Men with vaginas have periods too. This is fabulous." Another person tweeted, "Really?" Ignoring the obvious, this is a reprobate mind. Friends, exactly what the Apostle Paul said was going to take place just before Christ's return read about it in Romans chapter 1. And we're not even going to talk about what's happening with regard to COVID. Somebody writing, here comes the big kill. In other words, we haven't seen hardly anything yet, comparatively speaking, with the consequences of taking that jab. But let me Finish with this. This is troubling to me. It came from Israel. Religious Zionism wants to change the law of return. Now, why would religious Zionism in Israel want to change the law of return? If you read this lengthy article, you could get confused by... All of the language about the various things that, what's a Jew, what is it a Jew, uh, whether you're, you know, you can trace it through your mother, whether you can trace it through your father or your grandfather, whatever. Forget about all of that. Lurking behind the scenes is one of the real reasons why they want to change the law of return. Religious Zionism wants to change the law of return. Why is that? Because they don't want any person, any Jew, coming into Israel who truly worships Yeshua as Messiah. That's why. They don't want that. Because it will destroy what they perceive to be the Jewishness of Israel. Can you see then how the deception is taking place in massive ways, even in Israel, to prevent and frustrate reaching the Jewish people for the gospel? This is a big deal. This is really a big deal. That's one of the reasons, friends, why in my book, Messiah, I write very particularly in such a way that a Jewish person can see, can read, and can somehow come to grips with this issue. There's a whole situation, a whole chapter called, Who is this? Who is this? And that's a decision that every Jew must make, and that every Gentile must make. Who is this? Is it time for Jesus, Yeshua, the only begotten Son of God, born in Bethlehem, to come back? He didn't come to be born as a babe. He came to reign as a king. And to restore the government of God, read it in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and upon his kingdom. Oh, his kingdom. He came to restore the kingdom of God. Does he rule in your life? Are you sure? Do you obey him? Thanks for joining us. Get a copy of the book, Messiah. Get a copy of the book, Antichrist, and also The Secret of the Lord. You'll be blessed. And become a partner. Send your gifts by faith, friends, to Save America Ministries. And pray for my friend Joseph Farrow that he will recover from you this stroke. we
0: to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.